Construction is in full swing in the heart of the South Waterfront with the building of the Center for Health and Healing II and Gary and Christine Rood Family Pavilion. When the buildings open, it will change how OHSU and the OHSU Knight Cancer Institute deliver care and services to patients and their families. But some of the building's biggest innovations started before construction even began. It's Monday, July 17th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. East of the Center for Health and Healing is a two-block parcel of land along the west bank of the Willamette River. The property is owned by OHSU and will eventually be the home of future development. For now, the property houses a large 10-trailer-wide modular building. The structure is affectionately called the Colo Trailer, short for co-location. It's where the CHH South Building Project team works. Inside, you'll find staff from OHSU, Hoffman Construction, and ZGF Architects, as well as other trade partners. The rooms in the trailer are named after rooms in the Clue board game. I sat down with two leaders from the project team and a large workroom they call the ballroom. Stephanie O'Brien, what is your role in this project? It's a very exciting role. It was actually created for me. I am the program manager of ambulatory facilities planning. And what that consists of is managing the programming design and execution of the Center for Health and Healing Building 2 and the Rood Family Pavilion. So I've been working on this project since I was an administrative fellow during pre-programming, which was back in 2014. And I will continue to see it as it opens in spring of 2019. So it's one project team, two buildings. Walk me through the two buildings being built. So we have 700,000 square feet. We have a total project budget about $360 million. Uh, two buildings. Uh, the first of the buildings are the Center for Health and Healing Building 2, which is directly connected to our existing Center for Health and Healing, which is now called Building 1. We will have a sky bridge that will connect them on the third and fourth floor, which was a huge challenge and achievement to get approved with the city of Portland. They don't like sky bridges. So that was a that was a major win for us early in the project. But the building is really seen to expand our uh, ambulatory surgery and procedures. So we're closing Multnomah Pavilion and we're expanding our cath and IR and GI procedures down at the South Waterfront. And this will provide a better ambulatory experience for our patients and really reserve our inpatient care facilities for the tertiary and quaternary sickest of the sick. And then we're consolidating the Night Cancer Institute, which is across many uh, different buildings on Markham Hill and down at the South Waterfront into one glorious building that will enable uh, better patient flow and uh, better wayfinding and just a really wonderful high-class experience for our cancer patients who, who deserve it. So it's an exciting project. And one of the big things um, that we're focusing on within this building that's unique and took a long time to get approval from the city or, or the state actually, the Oregon Health Authority, was to have care that stays uh, for up to 48 hours. And so traditionally in ambulatory surgery centers, you can have up to 24 hours, but we're pushing the envelope in this building and that's what's really gonna help improve our capacity constraints on the Hill. So we should clarify a few things there. Um, it'll be the clinical aspects of the Night Cancer Institute will be coming 
together in this building, right? And, Correct. And I think we should note that there is actually a third building that OHSU is building down the street um, north of the Collaborative Life Sciences building, which is the Knight Cancer Institute research building. And that will be really bringing together a lot of the research aspects of the Knight Cancer Institute. Correct. But there's a bridge. Um, on the top two and a half floors, we have Knight Cancer Workplace and Clinical Trials. So once Dr. Drucker and everyone finds a cure for cancer, they'll be able to experiment and do clinical trials, early phase clinical trials within this building. So it's that translational medicine that's going to be able to be happening in this space and why we could use $40 million from the state to fund the two and a half floors. So what about the uh, second building in the project? The second building is near and dear to my heart. Um, Brian Newman actually has been working on figuring out a new guest house uh, since he started interviewing here way, way back in the day, 2007, I think it was. We used to have a Ronald McDonald uh, House Charities on uh, Markham Hill, which is now uh, the Treehouse Apartments, where a number of OHSUians go to the nest for happy hour. That used to be where our pediatric families would stay. Uh, I think it was back in... Um, 2012, when we moved to the Marriott, we've got 24 beds over there, and that's where pediatric patients and families stay. And the view and the vision for the Rood Family Pavilion is to consolidate that pediatric care, but also, or stay, uh, but also consolidate uh, adult opportunities for traveling patients and families. So we'll have 76 guest units, and we can accommodate 38 peds, 38 adults, and we'll also have a really wonderful community floor that will provide amenities um, that are that are going to just be wonderful for traveling patients and families, which include um, a kitchen, a fitness facility, a multi-purpose room, a theater, a resource center, a playroom, and a wonderful garden terrace that you can look down upon from CHH right now and see it being constructed. And that will be an outdoor space for kids to play and adult patients and guests to just reflect and heal. And there's actually a tunnel that connects those yeah, two buildings, is that correct? there is a tunnel. It was really cool. I hope Phil can explain how they built it. But um, it's going to be a great utility connector between the two buildings. Our central loading dock is in the Root Family Pavilion. So all material transport, transport will have to go through the tunnel. Phil Dobbin, you're with Hoffman Construction. What's your role on this project? Well, I'm the uh, program superintendent, so I'm uh, ultimately responsible for both blocks and the construction phases of uh, the project. I work hand-in-hand with uh, Brenda Alexander, our project manager, and we both were involved with the proposal to um, capture this job and execute it for a, a good client of ours, OHSU. So we were just talking about the tunnel. Uh, what kind of challenges did that present, building that tunnel? Well, Stephanie brought up the sky bridges. The original design actually had two overhead sky bridges. The city did not like that, of course. Um, they reduced it, it down to one. And why is it that the city doesn't like sky bridges? It takes the livelihood off the streets and um, also blocks views. Um, that's one of the main things. And uh, they've been pushing really hard um, throughout the years to have more of an urban, lively setting on the street level. And when you take people off the street, they, you know, are not down there. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think the main thing here was the view of the river and, uh, you know, the, the skyline. Mm-hmm. So I decided to build a tunnel instead. Yeah. So the, the reason to 
go to a tunnel is because the two blocks we're building are interlocked with systems, uh, HVAC, uh, you know, heating, cooling lines, as well as um, uh, you know, electrical, you know, backup power, and it's a network. So block 29, the new uh, hospital clinic, CHH South, is uh, ultimately like a uh, its own um facility plant so it, it will house the uh, um, mechanical electrical systems to back up uh, also block 28 so the tunnel serves as a service corridor between the two new the new parking garage and the existing parking garage and it also allows the infrastructure to be installed underground and that was a unique system there was a review on technology but they opted to do a proprietary steel caisson uh, system so the actual tunnel was driven um, like a lot of people see driven vertical pile for a foundation of a building this was driven horizontally a big caisson or round tube uh, to make the form of the tunnel and i've had the opportunity to be involved in this project so i'm somewhat familiar as i've been watching the building um going up i noticed that uh there's kind of a big there's one floor that's way taller than the others um is that where all of this kind of equipment is going to be yeah on block 29 um the ground floor is very tall because it's an entry um and then on the fifth floor of block 29 new hospital tower that has uh, mechanical space on then on level 15 is the second mechanical space so if you have really two floor spaces dedicated to mechanical electrical which in in itself that um, building will be a, a central plant or facility plant for um, the new buildings both blocks okay and, and chh building one right correct and they're they're all intertied together um for those systems as well as the you know, controls, the building management system. Uh, so I hear this project is using some innovative construction techniques. Can you tell me more about that? Certainly. Um, one of the unique things is that um, Center and Health and Healing South, the new hospital tower, was built on top of the existing parking garage. So you got 1,800 to 3,000 people um, parking below us while we're building a 16-story steel building and keeping that parking garage open. So one of the things that the design team and the trade partners came up with was um, backfill. So on top of the existing parking garage, the existing lid stayed intact other than where we penetrated for new ele uh, elevators or mechanical, electrical, vertical shafts, stairwell shafts, that type of thing. So the um, insofoam or geofoam product was used there. There was 80 truckloads of backfill material, which is unique. Uh, they use that because it's not heavy like soil is and it has high compression strength. Um, and that technology came out of the heavy highway. So you have about four to six feet of insofoam underneath the entire footprint, you know, 200 by 200 of the new hospital. That was a, a feat in itself to get that product here um, put in prefabricated in distinct chunks of uh, material and then um, other obstacles as we encountered we had to cut that 
to shape and fit. When CHH1 was built, it was built with this in mind that you would have another tower there. But when um, I know a lot of people know that, you know, for a long time there was grass on that surface. And so are you talking about kind of the gap between basically the roof of the parking garage and the floor of the new building? Correct. Yes. The, the original had about four foot on average to six feet in that range of soil on it. And then the weight of the new building was designed previously over 10 years ago to take the weight of a new building, but they had to limit the amount of weight because of the restrictions in that previous design. So that's why they chose to do the geofoam. And then there was um, also other products used here for prefabrication to make things go quicker and really more so to focus on the quality because building something in a warehouse controlled environment's a lot better result than out in the extremities. Like we've had record rains, we've had 16 inches of snow, we've had 100 degree weather. So there's multiple items that have been slated. Um, first and foremost is the building skin for both blocks. It'll be a modular or unitized system. And those have been designed in larger sections so all the elements of that are built um, at a factory they're crated up and shipped here on crated and then flown into position either with the uh, cranes or um, the subcontractor benson industries would be using what they call their manipulator to install so you don't have a lot of um, scaffolding, swing stages, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. It makes it go quicker and it also benefit for that is to have the building enclosed faster and under control to keep you know water, wind, insects, that type of thing in uh, from coming in. Okay, so these pieces are basically being built in a warehouse and then kind of shipped in in chunks. Have there been, have there been things that um, you kind of learned through that process, like, oh, that's not going to work like we thought it would? or Well, the, not necessarily that way, but the challenges with the design, there's a lot of um, uh, fins, um, you know, features that the design team wanted. Um, we had to figure out ways to incorporate those into panels, because um, when you have more ornate building skin, it, it gets more difficult to put those into a modular format. So there was over really two years of study on that and the trade partners and the design team and and Hoffman worked together with them to make this a reality and and meet the intent of the design. So this this new building will really stand out. It's gonna be a a real gem, you know, mile monument uh, here on the waterfront. What has been the biggest uh, challenge with this project? The, the, (laughs) probably the, the environment we've, we're working in, it's uh, completely surrounded by public um, and it's in a hospital campus setting um, with a brand new, you know, this is really brand new downtown Portland. You have a lot of high rises and, and uh, with that population comes with there and there's uh, intermixed streets. Uh, the streets aren't complete because of the progress of uh, the last 10 years. So the cars, the vehicles, the public transportation, more bicyclists than I've ever seen. Um, you know, people pushing baby carriages, elderly, uh, you know, ambulatory, um, and keeping it fl- flowing as best as it can. So the operations of the existing um, OHSU 
facilities keep going. Um, and then, like you mentioned, the other project is three blocks away from here. There's There's been an uh, influx of traffic because of construction um, introduced in this environment. It's very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you most proud of about this project? Great question. Um, for me, I think it's just really exciting to think about how our change in payment reform is impacting the way we deliver care, how costs needs to be more transparent for our patients, and how technology is enabling our surgeons and proceduralists to get things done much faster than in traditional inpatient environments. So having a nod to the future, I know with our census challenges on Markham Hill, a lot of people are wondering why we're building an outpatient facility. We should be building more inpatient beds, and we really need to keep our eye towards the future and know that our, our payment reform is changing, the landscape is changing, and this building is really innovative, and it's OHSU's way to help meet patient demand in a setting that's... Um, <laughs> I would assume easier to get to, but um, you never know eventually. eventually. Uh, And do it in a way that's more patient-centered, better wayfinding, um, better transparency and cost, and overall uh, a better patient experience. So that's what's really exciting for me. Well, Stephanie, Phil, thank you for your time. Thanks. Thanks, Patrick. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Kelsey Hewell and myself. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.